0: How are we doing? Don't be deceived by my big water. We won't. I only need one refill to get us through. Um, hey, it's it's fantastic to be here. It's just always a gift to come uh, stand on this stage and um, and just be able to partner with uh, with you all with the work that God's doing through Trinity um, and through your lead pastor, who's just a dear friend. And so um, I'm excited to just really continue on a lot of the the work that God's been doing here as you guys have been talking through um, Jesus plus nothing, right? Like uh, really the only way is through Jesus. And so I'm going to share a little bit of the journey that God's taken me on and some of the work that God's doing, uh, the good work that God's doing in East St. Louis and uh, and really challenge us as what does it look like to be missionaries where God puts us? Um, And one of the things I love about coming here is um, that's not a new message in this church. That's not a like, huh. Like, No, that's, what you, that, that's, that's, that's the DNA here, is that you would live out the mission of God in the everyday stuff of life. And so Kyle asked me to share a little about um, the organization, and I'll do that, but I, I want to really unpack a lot of what does it look like for us to be missionaries in our context, and how do we do that in a way that walks out humility and even more so that lives out who Jesus is in and through our lives. And if you're not a follower of Christ, no sweat, I'm glad you're here. Um, because, you know, I believe that, that God has you here for a reason. For those of you that, uh, that have been a part of this church for a long time, maybe you're the one who's in the game of what we would call going and being the hands and feet of Jesus um, I, I pray that this morning is an encouragement to continue to press in to press on to continue fighting the good fight as representatives of Christ for those that maybe are on the bench and you 're kind of watching and you 're kind of you know seeing the the good things that god 's doing um, in this community man, I pray that through today it would just encourage you to to get involved it would encourage you to to not just look around and even look around with questions, right? Because sometimes we're like, man, I, I, just, I don't know if I believe that. I, don't, I don't, Like, man, let's just go. Let's just step in. So maybe this morning would be an encouragement for you to get in the game. And for maybe those who aren't even on the roster, here's the thing is I'm super glad you're here. Uh, and I pray that God would move and work. So um, on December 31st, Mark, you can throw that picture up there. On December 31st, I accepted a position um, as executive director of a nonprofit serving East St. Louis called R3 Development, and so for the past uh, t- oh, nearly ten years, I've pastored in this community. And on December 31st, um, the Lord did a whole lot of different work and dropped this opportunity in my lap. And you know, when I was when I was asked to come be a part of the work God's doing in East St. Louis, here here's my immediate thought: was how let's, can I replicate that and bring it to uh, to North County. <laughs> I've been here forever, and I want to continue to be here. And I'm like, let's just bring it here. And God's like, no, I have something else for you. I'm going to send you to these people. I'm going to send you to them. Um, and and so I accepted that position. And, and here's the thing, is, as I... Um, that growing up, the, the stigmas around East St. Louis and they still exist. Here's here's what I thought as I was learning to drive, as I'd head downtown, you know, I was like, don't hit the MLK bridge because it will spit you into your death. Like I believe that almost literally. Um, you just don't go there. And so since February first, I've been driving every day to my office across East Side on State Street in East St. Louis. And every day when I get off Highway six, uh, Interstate 64 on 25th Street, this has been my prayer every single day. God, show me you're here. Some days with trepidation, some days with excitement, some days with like, what did I get myself into? Most days, just, I have no clue what you're going to throw at me today, Lord, but just show me that you're here. And here's the amazing thing is that I can say, Every day since I've stepped foot in that city, he said, okay, I will. And he has. And he has. And so before I go any further, here's the one thing that I just want to challenge us to pray this morning. God, you're here. Whether you've believed him forever, or whether you sit in your seat fully convinced there's absolutely no way you are real. Can I just challenge you this morning to to say these words in your heart to the Lord? God, show me you're here. Make that your prayer today. The stats surrounding East St. Louis are are pretty sad. Um, If you've been in this city for very long, uh, some of what I'll communicate to you won't come as a shock, but if you haven't, um, East St. Louis really has, has been known for, for many, 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 many years as a really hard, dark place. Um, it has uh, topped the list as one of the most violent cities in America. Actually, a recent study came out uh, in May putting it as, as the most violent um, city in America, and two factors contribute to that, um, an extreme rate of poverty and the, the inability to access a good-paying job. And so um, a city that in the 60s was booming and thriving, and it was the place to go, and through migration and corruption, sin began to set in, selfishness began to set in, and it began to crumble. Um, Keep in mind that a city that let me just give you some context here, because when you hear "most violent city in America," here, here's the truth of that statistic. Last year, there were 21 murders in East St. Louis. It's about 25,000 people in East St. Louis. Um, last year in New York City, there were 290 murders. Okay, so it's so, so the statistics are the statistics per capita, but it, it's a, it's a challenging context. It's a challenging place. The data shows East St. Louis is 98% black, and its labor force participation rates from citizens 16 years or older is 25% less than the national average. The employment rate of youth 16 to 19, which is the focus of our organization, we employ the youth of East St. Louis through rehabbing homes in the community, but the employment rate from 16 to 19-year-olds declined by nearly 40% between 2003 and 2015. In 2013, the white male teens in a high-income family were five times more likely to be employed by their black male peers living in a low-income family. so heartbreaking. The overall crime rate in East St. Louis is 79% higher than the national average, and East St. Louis has a 632% higher rate of violent crime than the rest of the nation. Now, 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 now. As I was, like, putting all this in here, and I'm like, I'm going to share all this, and I'm like, I'm like just punching like crazy the city that I've been called to like ugh, like do I even want to share any of this because you're like yeah like for real like don't tell me like tell me something new but here's the crazy thing that's not the full story right that's not it's not the full story even even for for us uh, for many of you who live in North County serve North County love North County. North County oftentimes is, it has a black eye and has a bad rap and it, it, it's a place that, man, you got to get out of. It's a place you don't want to live in. And you and I would testify today, like, that's not the full story, right? Like, God's doing good. God's doing work. But we attach a, our attention to the brokenness and what the media wants to portray. But Rarely ever do we see the good that's portrayed. Um, I want to show you... Uh, the video that you began watching um, a few minutes ago, and we'll actually watch the whole thing now. So Mark, will will you hit that? Watch this with me real quick. person on this planet and basically in East St. Louis, and we just wanted to make it better. And, you know, I feel about like it, really just inspired me to see more. If you If you have a Bible, you want to go to Isaiah 61, the amazing thing about what God's doing in, in a difficult context, like East St. Louis is he's writing a story that most people don't want to pay attention to. Um, I'll tell a little bit more of the, more of the story of the kid that you saw in that video um, later, um, but God has just transformed so many kids' lives through the work that God's invited us to be a part of. Um, and when you look people in the eye, when you're outside of a context and you believe the stigmas. And then you go in the context, here's the truth, proximity brings empathy, and you look people in the eye and you hear a story, and you hear hopes and dreams, and you see people who have dignity and worth and value and are created in the image of God. And so when we come to a passage like Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61 is the passage that our organization was birthed out of three years ago, in the context of this passage um, is the prophet Isaiah's foretelling the deliverance of the Jews out of, out of Babylon. And so, li- listen to these words. Here's what it says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, the release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, it's a pretty fitting text for a context like East St. Louis. It's a pretty fitting, some words like poor and broken hearted and captivity, prisoners, people mourning and in grief, generational poverty. Restoring the ancient ruins. But even as I read a passage like this, um, here's what comes to mind. Has anyone ever wanted to be a superhero? Anybody got one guy that's honest? All, everybody else is, uh, for real. What kind of superhero did you want to be? Flash. All right. Um, if you have a big heart, uh, your tendency probably is to be a superhero. That when I share statistics, like I just shared with you, St. Louis, that we look at... Uh, lighted cities, or we look at brokenness, or we look at hurt and pain in people's lives, it's like, I want to jump in. I want to enter in and help and be the change. But, there's a danger, what I would call the superhero, or the hero complex, the hero complex, okay? Because here's, here's the thing. Um, let me ask you this. For those of you that, that wanted to be a superhero, if you could be any superhero, what problem would you address in the world? Let's have a little fun. It's been a little heavy um, with all these hard statistics. Um, what problem would you a- address or fix in the world? Shoot them out. I, I, anything, like what? Poverty, okay? For sure. Somebody say something over here. Hunger. Abuse, bad opinions, is that what you said? <laughs> love it, I <laughs> love it, bad opinions, what would that superhero name be, you think, <laughs> that's a good one. Anybody else, what, what problems would you solve in the world, like the toilet paper being put on upside down, is that one, <laughs> violence, loneliness, yeah absolutely. Um. So I went to the Urban Dictionary um, to get the definition of hero complex. Okay, so a little dangerous here, but we're going to go with it. Kyle's out of town, so um, we're good to go. Um, Here's number one. Some dude who thinks he's God's gift to humanity because he's lifted his finger to help out once or twice or very little at all. When the woman in this situation helps constantly and doesn't get any appreciation nor asks for anything but you can't see her patting herself on the back, do you? Here's the second one. Your boyfriend or husband who, constant, who, who changes the baby's diapers twice a year and thinks he's some kind of hero for helping out. Because after all, he brings home the paycheck. What more could you ask? Right? Okay, so I see some nudging. I see some... Uh, um, I'll have you connect with Kyle when he gets back. Um, here, here's the third one. The father... Or Your father, when he thinks giving you money means he's the greatest father on earth and deserves constant admiration, otherwise a slew of passive-aggressive tactics will be applied to you. Okay? It's this perspective, like, I'm God's gift. Like, this hero complex is like, I can come in, I can solve this problem. Man, and God's just, hum- even as I've gone to East St. Louis, God's just humbled my heart that, that when you get close to people, the people that are sitting next to you. let's just be straight. Let's not categorize, because what, what the Lord wants to do this morning is really level the playing field from like, I'm the hero, and I'm going to go fix something or someone." So I don't believe that's God's intent. Because all the while, when we have a hero complex, we forget our own brokenness. We forget our own brokenness. So, like two passages, James 2.5 says, Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And to inherit the kingdom He promised those who love Him. Matthew 5.3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Heaven it doesn't say blessed are those who have it all together. No, the poor in spirit. Now, here's the question that I ask when I when I look at a passage like Isaiah 61, it says to go and proclaim good news to the poor. It's like what qualifies you to do that? Like what gives you authenticity or authorization to go and do that? Because like, like this word poor in the biblical context, we're talking about like literal poor, literally afflicted. We're not talking about like oh you can't afford the grande caramel macchiato today, so you've got to buy the tall. Man, struggle. We're talking about like, like literally impoverished. Like, I don't know like, how I'm going to make it through the next couple hours. I don't know where the next meal is coming from. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this violent situation. I, 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 I don't know. Like, what authorizes us to go enter into someone's brokenness? Do you know what's interesting? Jesus, in the Gospels, in Luke chapter 4, not long after He was inaugurated into ministry, baptized, He sent into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. His first mission trip, if you will, to his hometown in Nazareth. And what does he do? He quotes Isaiah 61. And what, is, what does Jesus say? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Like, oh, wait, hold up. Like, I thought you were the hero. Like, I thought you were the one, like, on the cross, going to save the world. Even Jesus is like, no. The only authority that I have is I've been sent by God. It's it. It's the only backing I have. Is that the Spirit of God is on me. The God Man. The Triune God on Earth helps us realize that the antidote to a hero complex is humility. Read, go read of Philippians chapter two. The antidote to a hero complex is humility. Now, I want to go deeper, because just having humility along the road to generosity isn't the answer. So it's like, let's just be generous and along the way. Let's just remember to be humble. No. There's more to it than that. There's a passage in Ephesians chapter 2. Here's what it says. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that they, that we should walk in them. You know what's crazy about this verse? Um, we are God's workmanship. That word literally is the same word for poetry. So we're the, uh, the artistic expression of the grace of God to the world in everyday context. Not just like when you sit in the pew at church here at Trinity, but like when you walk the halls, when you interact with your neighbor, when you go to work, you are the artistic expression of the grace of God to the world every day, every moment, all the time. And God says, I've ordained this for you, I've made you for this, that in the everyday stuff, whether you're, it's your coworker in the next cube, cubicle, whether it's your friend who is in the midst of a failing marriage or a failed marriage. You can't see light at the end of the tunnel. Whether it's the kid bullied at school. Whether it's the foster child that God has entrusted to you. Whether it's the homeless. Whoever it is, God says, I've, I've sent you created you in a special way to be my workmanship. Let me tell you a story. Just to protect this kid, uh, I'm going to call him Mike. Uh, So Mike has lived in East St. Louis for a while. He's been a part of our organization for uh, two years. Real tough, thug-looking kid. Uh, Has had a really challenging life. And as I got to know him, God has changed his life. Um, So, when when Mike was growing up, his mom uh, would beat him because he was the spitting image of his dad. And she no longer liked him. And so, Mike would endure this over and over again. And on numerous occasions, uh, Mike tried to take his own life. Uh, Mike is 18 years old. just graduated from high school. And I was driving Mike home one night. And he pointed at a building and he said, you see that building right there? I said, Yeah. He goes, Right there is where I experienced my first drive-by shooting. And I was like, Oh, crud. And he said, Uh, I was seven, and they were shooting at me. We begin to pull in his driveway, and here's this tough kid from East St. Louis that told me to my face, he said, you can't show weakness here. The second you show weakness is the second you're done. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. And we're sitting in his driveway, and this kid just begins to weep. So he's telling me story The brokenness of his life. The home that he does not want to get out of my car and go walk in. And I'm like, God, what do I do? Hey, come stay the night at my house? He doesn't do it. So he he wept, and we talked, and I said, man, I love you. I'm here for you. I want to help you. I don't know. You know, know that I know what that means or how I'm going to do that. But I'm like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. He got out of the car. Went in the house, and I drove home, and I just wept. It's like, phew, like God, I don't, even know. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. And God just humbled me. Um, because so often, like, I was like, man, I'm going to come be the hero. I'm going to come fix this. I'm going to come do this thing. And God's like, no, you're not. You're going to come be among people. who have dreams and hopes and have a story and you're going to become a friend and you're not going to be a hero because here's the thing about good works like R3 Development who's doing community development and Empower North County who's doing massive things in the city is so many people want to applaud that work like you're, chanting, you're, doing, you're doing so much good and you are and we are but the second we begin to attach it to the hero mentality of look at what we're doing. And we forget the level playing field. Because don't forget that in that passage, in Ephesians 2.10, you're God's workmanship created to go. You know what leads up to that passage? Ephesians 2.8-9. For by grace you're saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift. And the second we take that gift and we're like, I'm going to do this thing. And people become projects. And they lose the fact that they have a story and a journey and pain and scars. And you can't just bandage it. We can't just proclaim a gospel and evangelize people into homelessness. It's just a spiritual renewal. It doesn't change the fact that Dad beats me. It doesn't change the fact that like, we have no access to healthy food. It doesn't change the fact that violence is everywhere. So what do we do? Man, we plant ourselves and we continue, but we do it in a way that walks in humility because here's the thing. What's more dangerous than taking the gospel to the most violent city in America, East St. Louis. It's that Jesus plummeted the depths of the most violent place in the world, the human heart. Yeah, I said that. Jeremiah says, The heart is deceitful above all else, and desperately sick, who can understand it? And what did Jesus do? He came to this earth not to put a band-aid on things, but to enter into your broken story, my broken story. And He plummeted the depth of my heart. Ephesians 2.1 says that we're dead in our sin. Depraved, sinful, with no hope. Without God in the world, but God who was rich in mercy made us alive. That's Jesus plus nothing. <laughs> That's the work of God. Transforming hearts that, man, I, that want nothing to do with Him. Transforming a heart that just wants accolades sometimes for the good work that I'm a part of in a, hurt, in a hurting city. Man, God forgive me. God, help me realize that the most broken, wicked, violent place is right here. And I need God to transform right here. If He's going to do anything good through my life. And through my work. Through what He's called me to do. So Jesus proclaims, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to proclaim good news to, to the poorest place your heart, my heart. He sent me to bind up the broken and depraved human heart that's been captivated by sin, that's been, that's been imprisoned by our own selfish desires, our own pursuits that neglect the fact that we actually live among others, we're actually called to be a part of a family, or actually called to, to work together. But yet so quickly we're like, man, I'm going to do my thing. What's my, what am I going to get out of this? He proclaimed freedom to your heart. That's what he did through the cross. That's what he did. He said, you can be set free from the worst scenario ever. is your entanglement with yourself. So the truth is, is that there's really only one hero And it's Christ. And when I see myself as the one in daily need of rescue from my own heart, it it changes the game. I'm going to wake up every day and say, God, the greatest need of the world is for you to change me. It's going to change the story of how you go out in the everyday stuff of life with a big heart. You see that? Like, I'm not the hero. He's the hero. I'm not the one who's going to do this. Like, God's going to empower Weak, broken, sinful, feeble, faithless, oftentimes, people, you and me, by His Spirit, I'm the one that's poor, I'm the one that's mourning, I'm the one that's violent, I have a wicked heart, I need the gospel to rescue me before it rescues anything else hear these words, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Man, maybe you're mourning today. Maybe you're just in grief today. To provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy. Man, God wants you to live in joy. In His presence, this fullness of joy. Joy isn't found just in a restored city, in a restored relationship. Joy first and foremost is found in the One who made us. In the One who created us. I love this. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And that's what Jesus does. He gives us a garment of praise through His presence. Not always the change of circumstances. Through His presence. It's amazing to me is that oftentimes the most afflicted, impoverished Christians are the most faithful, God-loving Christians. Have you seen that? Why? Because... We live every day realizing, God, I need you today. But when, when, when it's easy, smooth sailing, I help out here a little bit, help out here a little bit, drop a little money in here. Hey, man, you guys are doing good work there at Trinity of power. Empower, like, you know, keep it up. I applaud you. It's too easy. Life is easy. And the Gospel calls us to enter into the fray like Christ entered into the fray. They will be called oaks of righteousness it's amazing a planting of the lord for the display of his splendor they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations listen this is why we go this is why i go to east saint louis This is why you go to your workplace, your job, where God's called you, the context that he's placed you in, your neighbor. Listen, when we realize, hear this, when we realize that the scariest place that's been embarked is the fact that Jesus went to the brokenness of the human heart, when we realize that, walking across your street to have your conversation with a neighbor is not quite as intimidating. It's not quite as scary. When we realize that the human heart that Jesus came to restore, that He came there, going and having that hard conversation, man, just isn't quite as hard. Why? Man, because God stepped foot on this earth. And He offers rescue through His person through his relationship, through himself. Jesus plus nothing. Right? Yeah, going to church is a part of it. It's, it's the means by which we know the Jesus. Right? It's the means by which we know one another and we live in this context of what it, what it looks like to be a people who are changed by God. But listen, this changes the way we go. It changes why we go. Because it's not about being the hero. It's not about, I'm going to fix this. Man, it's just about being faithful. To say, I'm a broken person. You're a broken person. Let's journey together. And find healing and hope. Maybe not in changed circumstances. But maybe most in a constant faithful Who's present. Who's present. So today, I just want to challenge us to worship the hero, Jesus. Man, that's my heart. That's my hope. That's my prayer for us is that we would go from this place as worshipers realizing, man, the broken, messed up person that I am. God can heal and change and give me a purpose for my life. And I want to pray for For you guys, pray for us. Um, I do have a table in the back. If you're interested in learning more about um, my organization um, or want to come volunteer or be a part, I'd love to chat with you. Um, Man, I hope you're encouraged by the Lord today. Let me pray for us. God, you are faithful. And we, in our broken state, God, come to the realization this morning of what you have done to bring healing to our hearts. Thank you for plummeting the depths of my wicked heart, my selfish heart. Thank you for entering the violence of my warring heart. Saying, I'm your only hope. I'm the only one that can make sense of all this. I'm the only one that can hold you in your tears and hold you in your pain. I'm the constant one. So, Lord, we worship you. Gosh, you're so good, you're so faithful. We are so undeserving that by grace alone, through faith alone, you would call us your child. Thank you, we give you praise.